Hey guys, on today's episode, Pride Month. Um, Donald Trump is telling associates he will be president again this August. <laughs> the China children policy is changing once again. And what the greater Idaho story means about the modern right. Let's go. Hello one, hello all, and welcome to the Politics Mostly Podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. Happy Pride Month to my listeners. June 1st. Um, Where were these companies when being pro-LGBTQ actually meant taking a stand? Where were they? When it could have been more help for them to stand up. For the LGBT community. Corporations are feckless. You need to remember that. They will spit into the wind and see which way the wind's blowing before they, you know, (laughs) take their big toe and step into the sand. Does it bother me that corporations promote liberal causes on their social media campaigns, their marketing campaigns, and then turn around and give the money that they make off of these campaigns to Republicans who push anti-LGBT legislation? Sure. (laughs) I think we remember um, the Nike example I used, oh shit, maybe that was like 10 episodes ago where in the same fiscal quarter that Nike ran the Colin Kaepernick ads, they gave to Republicans on like a 10 to 1 ratio. (laughs) A group of historically targeted people by the government for persecution who were denied basic human rights, legal protections, uh, the rights to adopt children, inherit money from loved ones, fired from jobs, all those things. They get a month to celebrate their love, their accomplishments to this great country, to raise awareness for difficulties they still face. It's really the least the government can do. And what's the reaction from people? Hate. (laughs) Which says so much more about you than them. People are bothered so easily, triggered so easily. It's like Cheerio cereal saying, hey, uh, happy LGBT Pride Month. We're uh, (laughs) we're donating to a charity that prevents trans youth from killing themselves. And the comments are like, I'm going to light my Cheerios on fire in protest. (laughs) People suck. Like I said, it says more about if you get triggered by that. That like, you know, their logo is the rainbow color for the next month. I mean, you could be triggered by that because it's not authentic and they're they're giving financial um, benefits to politicians that promote anti-LGBT causes. But don't get don't get triggered that, you know, hundreds of years into this great country, we're finally being nicer to the LGBT community because that's just take a deep breath, guy. Take a deep breath. Okay, here we go. I couldn't help myself. 
<laughs> Donald Trump has been telling associates he will be president again this August. The term he is using for this is he is being reinstated, which I don't believe is a thing. Uh, look at the Constitution this morning. Um, search for the word reinstating, reinstatement. Uh, couldn't find anything. <laughs> Here's the report from Maggie Haberman that's since been confirmed by other outlets. Quote, Trump has been telling a number of people he's in contact with that he expects he will get reinstated by August. Parentheses. No, that isn't how it works, but simply sharing the information. <laughs> and End parentheses. End quote. <laughs> Apparently, he has, quote, laser focus on the audits that are going around um, in different states. I know I briefly talked about the Arizona recount. Not even a recount. It's not an audit. It's not a recount either. They took the biggest county that <laughs> that's Democratic, Maricopa County. They don't want to audit the, the Republican ones. And among other things, they're looking for the presence of bamboo on ballots because they think China shipped in ballots uh, marked with Biden and they don't have access to regular paper. It has to be bamboo paper because China, because this all makes sense. <laughs> and surprise, the audits have not turned up anything. I, I really don't even want to call them audits because they're not. We have Sidney Powell repeating these things that um, we have uh, Michael Flynn, disgraced former general, saying we need a Myanmar-style coup. Um, but really, here's what's going on, and I'm going to be quick about this. The rationale is actually very interesting. President Trump will not be president until at least 2025. <laughs> I'm kidding. Or maybe not. Who knows? Um, there isn't zero chance this man is reinstated. He lost. He lost Biden's president. I don't know what's going on with the right. There is no reinstatement happening this August. Um, the rationale is actually legal, not political. Trump, Trump, there is, as I talked about, I think two episodes ago, there is a grand jury investigation. A grand jury has been impaneled to investigate President Trump, former President Trump, and his um, company. And like I said on that episode, there is a 99% chance that when a grand jury is impaneled, it results in an indictment. Okay? Those are not my facts. Those are the facts. Based on the timetable here, Trump believes that if there is an indictment coming, it will come around August or September if the grand jury is impaneled now. Okay. Trump wants to discredit that indictment, hypothetical indictment. We don't know what's coming by saying it is all political. And that is why this August date has become very popular with the QAnon people the reinstatement, if they say he wants to become politically relevant again, go on rallies again, say he's going to be occupying the Oval Office again. So when this inevitably comes, he can just turn around and say it's just politics. 
Really, it's just crime. <laughs> you don't get indicted. Politically, you get indicted based on evidence that a grand jury sees, based on witness testimony, whatever. We don't need to go down that road. So that's what's going on with Trump. Okay, I have two very quick points I want to make about China. One is a mini rant. One is actually just based on something that's in the news right now. The first thing I want to talk about is why are Democrats now labeled by the mainstream media, or as the right calls it, the lamestream media, as being friendly to China? When, when did this happen? Oh, uh, celebrities apologize to China when they say something mean. When are the when the fuck are celebrities f- fucking Democrats? They may endorse Democrats. I don't give a fuck what celebrities do. They're not the Democratic Party. Because from my vantage point, the GOP has been pushing free trade my entire life. Nixon opened up China to international trade. Granted them developing nation status or whatever the fuck they did to, to get around the rules of international trade. What did Trump do about the Uyghurs? Does anyone know? Because I couldn't find it on the internet. Were there any Tibet statements from Trump? Any action on Tibet? Where, where, where the fuck <laughs> was Donald Trump with Hong Kong? As Hong Kong was protesting communist China, Chinese rule in pro-democracy protests. Where was Trump? Was he in Hong Kong, shipping them weapons, releasing statements, offering refugee status to those being persecuted for pushing for democracy in Hong Kong? I was actually reminded when I was researching stuff for this particular point, and yes, it's because I do work for this podcast. (laughs) I was reminded about the Tibet call. Uh, Not the Tibet call, excuse me, the Taiwan call. And I totally forgot about it. I mean, I remembered it at the time, but I totally forgot about it recently. One of the first calls President Trump took after uh, winning the Electoral College, he didn't win the election, he lost by three million, after he won the Electoral College, was from the leader of Taiwan. Taiwan meaning the, the island south of China where, you know, the KMT set up shop after the Chinese Civil War, like 1949. And predictably, anytime Washington and Taipei get close, China gets very upset because China views Taiwan as under their control. Taiwan thinks it's more independent than maybe it is. And... What did Donald Trump do? I saw the tweet. (laughs) You can still look at embedded tweets before he was banned from Twitter. (laughs) He tweeted, he tweeted and he backtracked that the leader called him. It wasn't his fault. That was his first message to China. That Taiwan was going to call. He was going to take the call. And when China said, yeah, we don't like that, he said, oh, no, 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 no. China, please, please, I'm so sorry. They called me. I didn't call them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Pathetic. Pathetic. The GOP is so weak on China, and they have been my entire life. The one quick news note I will say is China announced that their two-child policy will now be a three-child policy. Famously, China had a one-child policy until 2016. And it was awful. (laughs) Can somebody explain to me why it's in the government's role to tell you how many kids you can or can't have? And the resulting effects of this policy were disastrous. Their psychological problem of having all these (laughs) single child uh, family households, right? People who grow up in in sibling networks generally are, are better acclimated. There was a sex imbalance, right? People were boarding females and the resulting effect was there were just way more males than females. It led to their population crisis they're now facing as a grand nation where their previous labor participation um, rate is declining because they're getting older and retiring and they don't have enough people to take care of that older generation. But beyond that, it's not going to work. Why do I know that? Why is a three child policy not going to work? Because the two child policy didn't work. When they announced in 2016 that families can now go from having one child to two children, it was heralded as, oh, this is going to make such a difference. It didn't. I'm looking at the chart right now for birth rates. There was a small bump immediately after the the announcement, but between 2016 and 2020, the birth rate continued to fall at the same rate it had been falling for decades. And this isn't rocket science, people, okay? You ask Chinese families in surveys, why do they only want to have one child? It's because, like in America, it's too expensive to have kids, okay? They were having one kid and two kids because of finances, not because of the government policy. So yeah, I'm supposed to now care about a three-child policy when going from one to two didn't do anything? I don't know. You know, I love to play that game something, everything, or nothing. This would be nothing. (laughs) Which is great because I just spent, you know, four minutes on it. All right, and finally, my parting shot, the greater Idaho story. Any of you guys know what's going on with this? (laughs) Oh, boy. So here's, here's the story. If you look at a picture of Oregon, okay, the western part of the state, the state, the, you know, the part that's (laughs) educated, uh, the economic hub of the, the state, the tourist attractions, um, pretty much, you know, Portland, uh, the cultural center of the state, the reason that when the census reapportionment just happened, the reason that they're gaining a seat, <laughs> uh, pretty much all the good things about Oregon, um, is blue, right? It's blue. It's very progressive, Oregon. And the people in the eastern part of the state, the farm folk, they don't like that. 
They don't like that. They live in a state where they they think their views are not being respected by the state government out west. Okay? I have a term for this. It's called every other fucking state. 50% of every fucking state. (laughs) I mean, are we... So... I don't want to jump the gun. So what people in eastern Oregon want to do is they want to break away from Oregon and be absorbed by Idaho to their east. The resulting state would be called Greater Idaho. Um, Sometimes you live in a state, whether you're a blue person or a red person, where the state government is controlled by the other party. That's called living in a democracy. (laughs) That's called living in a democracy. Sometimes you live in a a country where the federal government is occupied by people you don't necessarily like or agree with. That's called me from 2016 to 2020. (laughs) No, I did not say we should break away. I just started a podcast and started writing. (laughs) And I realized that's how democracy works, right? I'm not redrawing state lines, seceding. And the reason I'm talking about Greater Idaho, first of all, don't go to Greater Idaho. Wait till it gets to Greatest Idaho. Then you can go. (laughs) But the reason I'm talking about this is because it does shed light on something that's happening within the American right, which is increasingly getting batshit crazy, okay? This is not the first time this has happened. It's happening more and more frequently, where people in a state increasingly do not like their state government, and they're desperately going to neighboring states and saying, come absorb us. (laughs) Come take this land. Because we don't like the letter of the political party next to the governor's name. That's what they're doing. This happened in Virginia. Virginia, historically, a very red state, very conservative state. The last 20 years has gotten bluer and bluer as it's gotten <laughs> as it's gotten more educated and more economically prosperous. Uh, I wonder if there's a link there. Um, so people in... Okay, this is going to get a little confusing linguistically. People in western Virginia the western part of Virginia, want to be absorbed by West Virginia, a separate state, which is very Republican, very poor. Uh, (laughs) I've shat on West Virginia many times on this podcast and Arkansas. No need to do it again. But they want to escape, uh, you know, being in the eighth best state because there's a Democratic governor and they want to go to the 50th best state. Um, And this also happens with Texas a lot. Anytime, you know, both times Obama won, like the first resolution in the Texas House was to secede from the Union, not literally form their own country. They can't even, (laughs) they can't control their own border. They can't electrify a power grid, but they want to be their own state. So what's going on with the American right, where when they lose, they want to... They, they can't withstand being led by Americans from a different political party. Because I looked. I looked this morning. I did not find any corresponding thing with liberals, right? I was looking at states that have historically been blue. 
that have since gotten read. You know, Ohio, um, you know, are, are people in Northeast Ohio, very blue area, Cleveland, are they trying to be absorbed by Pennsylvania swing state? No, haven't seen it. Right? And I'm looking at all these places that used to be blue that are heading red demographically, and I can't find a single one, a single example of them trying to redraw state lines so they don't have to endure a Republican administration. Nor have I seen any Democratic state try to break away from the union when Donald Trump was president, was elected president. I saw liberal people put on like pink vagina hats in March. (laughs) People like me started a podcast. I did not see anything about seceding from the union, redrawing state lines. I do not know why the right loses its mind when it loses. I really don't. Okay, because they lost this past election and while the election certification was happening, they fucking stormed the Capitol building as the Electoral College was being counted. Seventy percent of of Trump voters think that Donald Trump is the actual president in exile, I would assume. Because he's in Florida. And you have all these states that don't like their government, and instead of voting or trying to change minds or just happily living in a state where the the government is controlled by the party you don't vote for, are trying to redraw state lines. I don't know. Something's going on here. Something's going on here, and I'm drawn to it because it's not both sides, right? Because that's, that's what happens with all these political discussions in America. It's, oh, well... The Democrats are doing this. The Republicans are doing that. This isn't a both sides. This is a one side. Their side. What the hell's going on? You lost an election. Don't storm the Capitol. You lost the state election. Don't beg Idaho to take you in. Obama won. Don't try to leave the fucking country. What the hell's going on with these people? (laughs) All right. That's today's show. Kept it under 30. I know you guys are busy. Um, Thanks so much, and I will see you guys again soon. Have a good one.